another episode of Kappa Press. I hope all of you are keeping safe and in really good spirits. So today on our show we have Kishore. Hi Kishore, how are you doing? Hey Aksha, I'm doing good. <clears throat> Feeling better because I've just started work as well. I mean, going to office, uh, mm-hmm. going three days a week. Uh, so that kind of makes me feel better now rather than, you know, cooped up at home and working. Wow, I, I think I've just forgotten what it feels like to step outside my house. I'm really glad it's working out well for you. So, yeah. do you think there's a difference between your productivity when you're at home and when you actually move to office? It does, because see, uh, the, the, the company that I work with, it's an IoT company, right? And uh, we, we create a lot of products and we create mm-hmm. a lot of electronic products. So mm-hmm. with regards to building prototypes, right? So I need uh, to work with the team, need to explain the right. team in terms of what the use case is, what the device is supposed to do, right? And all that. And then we also have uh, access to 3D printers at office. So if, if mm-hmm. at all we come up with something, uh, you know, that needs some kind of uh, part to be procured or all that, we just go ahead, create a 3D model and print it. And that will help us to uh, take the product from a concept to a prototype. So it's easier that way. Um, Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know, I sitting at home trying to explain to the team as to what I want on the uh, device or the product, how the product or device need to behave, I just can, you know, sit with the team, put put it on a whiteboard saying this is what uh, the product needs to have, this is how it needs to behave and all that. And it's it's easier that way. So productivity, yes, is definitely... um, higher for me uh, when I mm-hmm. go to office. Right, right, right. Okay, now that you've brought it up, I think we can talk a little bit more about what you're doing. How does an ideal day look for uh, So, see, um, see, I work with an early stage startup, right? So, um, we are uh, expanding, that is one. And uh, when we started off in 2012, it was more an R&D company and uh, the founders ensured that uh, they they understand what business problem they are trying to solve and they took some time to build the product. And in somewhere in 2019, early part of 2019, is when they decided to move from an LLC, that is a limited liability corporation, to a PLC. So that's when Pretty Labs sort of got established. So uh, as a PLC, we've been there for almost a year. I mean, more than a year. And uh, in the process, right, so what they ensured is they built a product that is um, that is fantastic. I mean, we, we are working in the oil and gas sector and uh, we've been doing decent business during this pandemic period. But then there was still no method to the madness of how do we go about building the product. So that's when uh, when I joined, uh, we decided to uh, give it a shot. I initially joined as a pre-sales uh, head, but then we decided to give it a shot on the product side where uh, we wanted to bring in a process with regards to uh, the product building and uh, product rollout. So if you look at my typical day, right, it is to do with, uh, one, we've just finished laying down a high-level process for product management. Now, on a typical day, I work with the team uh, on a specific product, right? So, for instance, last week when I was in the office, so we were uh, building a new product. So we were working on prototypes. The team was trying to build a prototype on the uh, device side. I was working on a prototype from a mobile side. So so the device needs to be controlled by uh, a mobile app. So I was busy uh, 
working on the prototype and uh, putting down what features the product needs to have and all that so typically my day is all in the, in the most of my day is all about building the product right in terms of how do we build the product and the other aspect is how what features need to be rolled out in the product right so once the product goes into production or the product is already being used by a lot of our customers there will be a lot of customer requests that we get like they need a certain side of report to be created for them or a certain feature that needs to be rolled out so what i do is i sit with the engineering heads to see if those features uh, are features that are very specific to the customer or is specific to the industry or can we bring in as a core product so those kind of discussions happen and then the other aspect of my role which i'm currently also playing is that of a pre sales person so on a typical day i would then work on the solution so i take a product see what use case the product is trying to solve build a solution around it and then uh, work with the sales team to see what ex- what existing leads in the pipeline we can look to convert so this is how my typical day goes by so it is a it's a mixed bag so i do because i have a dual role right now but then it is it is very intense because you you will have to work with your team to ensure that the messaging is conveyed in the right way and the sales team is able to talk to the leads and their customers in a way that uh, they understand the whole value that we are trying to deliver as a company so it's a, it's a interesting role though mm-hmm. right right that definitely sounds interesting so where did it all start how did kishore get into details and product management because now you i think you completed over 15 years in this industry yeah, so 15 years in in may i i i finished 15 years so i um, passed out in 2005 i passed mm-hmm. out from mba from amrita coimbatore so at that point in time uh, we had a startup coming in at that point in time called maverick so maverick right now is a reasonably bigger company so when i joined maverick in 2005 uh, we were relatively new So Maverick was a testing startup and uh, when we all joined right we were a batch of 20 people we were of the opinion that we would get in directly into management positions where you would say hey sales team we are part of sales team we are part of marketing team and all that but that was not how it it worked for us so what the leadership said at that point in time is if you want to get into managerial role you need to understand the business so they made us get into delivery uh, work with the clients handle delivery handle projects and there were a few consulting assignments i got and so that's how for the 3 uh, 4 year period right i was primarily doing hardcore delivery and then somewhere around 2010 5 years into delivery i said enough is enough i went and spoke to my leadership said uh, hey guys please understand i'm done with delivery i don't think i can do this all my life i would probably be uh, Uh, looking at solving customer problems rather than you know getting deep down into uh, delivery and all that. So at that point in time, uh, so pre-sales in 2010 was never a practice. Pre-sales was just an extension of the sales team where they would just uh, put together presentations and they would just put together uh, word document and all that. But then uh, when I joined in, uh, one of the things my boss told me at that point in time and which I follow to date is. uh pre sales is having a broader perspective with a shallow knowledge that's what he told me and i i live by it even now because uh the thing with pre sales is uh you are a problem solver right so you should put down 
very clear uh, things on how do you solve the problem for that you need to understand what the problem is that you are trying to solve so for which you need to have a basic understanding of multiple aspects be it technology be it business so if you are a pre sales person in the banking space you need to understand the banking banking environment the products that are being used how do banks work what regulations are there and so on and so forth so that's what my boss said and that's that's how i started uh, getting into pre sales so Uh, I was in uh, Maverick for two more years uh, post that. So 2012, I moved to Cognizant, and even at Cognizant, I moved into pre-sales role where I was uh, handling specifically uh, credit cards and credit card-related uh, solutioning. So what we used to do was for all customer problems that we used to get, we used to build solutions from the credit card perspective, be it process, be it technology, and all that. So in uh, so that was. Uh, it for almost three years. So around 2014, 2015, I had this uh, opportunity of working with a client uh, in the US. So they were primarily into again credit cards. So that was kind of my domain, which even my leadership felt that I could add a lot of value if I get into delivery. And I was also itching because it was like five years I was doing pre-sales and I wanted to do something else. At that point in time, I I took a switch, got into delivery. and at that point in time is when i got slowly introduced to product management and uh, uh, the the customer that we were working with they were following a specific uh, uh, model of delivery called scaled agile so i went ahead got my scaled agile product owner product management certification and slowly got into uh, the nits and bits of uh, product management where i was working with client teams working with uh, Uh, our own delivery teams to understand what features a product should have or uh, and how it needs to be rolled out what kind of um, you know value we can bring to the customer how do we do forward planning and all those we i used to start getting involved and uh, this was for almost one and a half years one and a half to two years and then i slowly started moving back to pre sales because one uh, there was a, a bit of change in our structure as well so i then got a larger pie of work to be done from a pre sales perspective i had a five six member team also reporting into me and then i got into pre sales again but then that aspect of doing product management always remained i mean i was thinking at some point in time again the way i looked at it i felt product managers are again like product problem solvers right and i was thinking if at any point in time if i were to get any other opportunity to get into product management i will surely explore and uh, around uh, sometime mid last year i came to know about kriti labs and uh, through a common contact and we got into discussion and then i had absolutely no clue that i would get into product management it was i was told that uh, you will get into pre sales and you will be heading pre sales and all that so i just uh, took the offer and because it's an early stage startup i thought it would be a very challenging task because not not only are you trying to uh, you know uh, work from a pre sales perspective you are also trying to build an organization right because it was a smaller organization with lot of ambitions and lot of uh, uh, plans to go big so i thought that would be an opportunity to for me to be a part of a growing organization and that's how i i got into pre into kriti uh, lab uh, sometime early this year and then when i got in Uh, we kind of realized that there has to be a method to the madness in the way uh, we we build products, right? And you can't 
be a one trick pony right you can't have one product that will actually uh, be your uh, this one sole uh, breadwinner so we decided we had to diversify get into other aspects of iot build other products and platforms and that's when i uh, was uh, i kind of decided i should get into it and even my so i had a discussion with the founders and they said it's a good thing to get into product faster so that's how i got into it and for the last 3 months so i got into the product management uh, part of it just before the lockdown mm-hmm. and since the last 3 months we've been putting our putting forward the processes that we need to follow from a product management perspective uh, and even from a pre-sales perspective so see pre-sales is i'm just the only person who's doing it it's still easier for me but for product management i work with the engineering teams so there has to be a process of in terms of how i hand it over to them at what stage do the engineering teams pick up the features how do they pick up and all that so we are still figuring it out because uh, each company has its own dna as to how do they follow uh, product management and in ours because we also have a hardware iot element to it it's kind of a bit tricky as well so but then yeah it's very interesting you you get to learn as you go and uh, i think till date we have done a fairly decent job and we've been experimenting with a few ideas which have kind of worked well for us so let's see so that's the long story of how i got into pre sales and product management wow what a journey it has been kishore what is it has been it has been and it's very interesting because i kind of work with a uh, different kind of clients globally work with clients in the us clients in the europe i mean mostly uh, uk as well and also in middle east so it's been a interesting journey i i've traveled a bit for for my assignments i've traveled a bit for client meetings and all that so it's been very interesting last few years Right, right. Wow, that's amazing. And I think your passion for pre-sales and product management is very evident whenever I talk to you and in the content that you create as well. So I think I'm going to lead into this with content being the point and focus. So how right. do you think content and product management can align together in an organization? See, if you if you look at a product, uh, what ultimate a product ultimately a product does is it delivers some kind of value to the customer. and you need to clearly articulate that value to the customer right as to why they should look at the product that you are building right? and why they should be using the product what value will they see and typically if you present if you give uh, you know demos of the product that's not going to suffice you should be able to articulate it through multiple ways so um like like what i was having uh, with a, in, so in a discussion with with uh, with yag and also with a couple of other guys that i was having so we were kind of looking at how content is important from a product management perspective because even from a sales pipeline so you have uh, you have uh, the mql to sql to conversion and then the conversion right so at each stage of the uh, pipeline you have different content that you put forward similarly even in product management you need to have right from the time you look at uh, what you are building as a product till the product is out of the wind out of your uh, bucket to the customer and once the customer starts using it there are multiple type of documentation that you build multiple content that you build now 
some of them are internal to the organization more from a process perspective some of them are external to the organization where you convey what value the product is going to bring to the customer so when you look at the product building standpoint right you need to understand what use case are you trying to solve right so at kriti labs what we do is whenever we see a use case we build something called a concept note and that concept note very clearly articulates what is the business problem that you are trying to solve how are you trying to solve what is the platform that you are trying to build and all that and we kind of build a story around it and once that uh, use case is kind of or the concept or the concept note is ready we then uh, send it to our founders for a for a quick uh, walk through with them because everything has a budget tied to it right so we can't start uh, anything without an approval from them because see at this point in time it's because of limited uh, limited uh, budget is why we are doing that so we anyways go to them we quickly tell them uh, why such a product is important what what is in it so in the market for us if we start uh, looking at this product and once we do that the next steps that we do is we convert that product into a feature list right so it is an elaborate process we create a, a functional requirement document so there are specific product requirement documents that we build so there is a functional requirement document as a pure functionality as to what the product must do how it needs to behave user workflow so on and so forth then the technical requirement document in terms of what aspects of technology do we require because see if you look at our products the product is got three layers one is the hardware layer second is our common platform layer and third is the application layer because we we are in all these three layers so when i build an frd it needs to flow through all these three layers and when i build a trd it will be for each of these layers so we build technical requirement documents and all that and then we build something called a data sheet now data sheet is something which we convey to the customer because in iot what happens is one of those things that customers look at is also the specifications of the product that you are building mm-hmm. when i say specifications you you don't have to really talk about uh, the innards of the product but more in terms of the operating parameters like at what temperatures uh, can you use the product what is the product certified so on and so forth right so we build a data sheet now from the data sheet onwards there these content will be made available to the uh, to the team to the people outside when they start evaluating our product and between the the time of conceptualization to building the product there will be a lot of use cases that we will start looking at we will be probably doing a lot of pilots lost lot of uh, beta releases so what we do is whatever data that they get from these beta releases if we see if got any uh value that we can showcase to the customer we start putting it forward to the customer so that when a customer possible future customer looks at it and says hey you know what i might this might actually solve my problem is what the thought process would be and that's when uh we would start uh getting those inquiries from the customers and then we start getting into that mql to sql to conversion right that's how it is going to be so content is important so i just gave it from a kriti labs perspective but in general content is important because the content in varied formats right be it through blogs be it through videos be it through uh, posts and all that will actually convey the value the product is building it and also you have the case studies that you talk about right once you implement a specific product you need to very clearly say what kind of value you've been able to give it to the customer 
uh, for instance you have done you have implemented uh, the product uh, around 50000 installations across the country uh, you have been able to bring down the uh, the bill rate or bring, bring in some amount of uh, benefit to the customer right to a specific percentage for instance you've been able to reduce the turnaround time by 30% or 40%. So you need to call it out. And these are those content that you really need to put uh, into your website or into through your blog. In addition to that, there will be content from a thought leadership perspective, like how is the specific industry going to go in the current uh, crisis or in the current atmosphere? Which direction is it going to go? How is going to be IoT or how is how are the new technologies going to be having and in, having an impact on these uh, you know in in this industry because of the changes that are happening so these are some of those content that you ha- will have to end up building for the uh, customer aspect so that the customer perceives you not just as a product builder or as a value provider but also someone who's thinking about uh, the future aspect someone whose thought processes like 30 40 years into the future so so that's what i say you need to build future proof solution so that's how it is so these are certain content that you that you build uh, along the way of product management and beyond right right that is beautifully positioned so at this point you spoken to us from priti lab's point of view like you mentioned but say yeah. uh, it's a larger organization and there is a separate content department and there is a separate product department so Correct. there are multiple occasions where there might be friction between these two departments Yeah. So how do you ensure that this friction is taken care of? So see, typically what happens is, uh, uh, see, I I always give the benefit of doubt to the content team because they know how beautifully or how accurately can a content be depicted, right? And even in the whole mix of product management, there is a, a, a role that I didn't really talk about is the product marketer. Now right. the product marketer's primary role is to ensure that the content is put together. in a way that the target audience is able to get it mm-hmm. so when i look at my target audience my target audience are typically large scale customers who do bulk transportation in in my case if you're looking at uh, fresh test or if you're looking at zoho their target audience would be a small to medium scale business right smb customers so what are the typical problems an smb customer would have their problem would be in terms of getting all their content in one place or utilization of cloud and all that so there are so as a con- as a product marketer right my content should be serving or should be targeting a specific audience as the product that i'm building right there are other products that we are also trying to build which might be for instance in the uh, uh, medical space right so when i build my content around it my product manager will ensure or the product marketer will ensure that it is points towards that kind of uh, a market that is hospitals uh, you know large scale uh, medical service providers and all that right so that is where the role of product marketer also becomes very very important because they help put together the content uh, for the uh, for the product and they will have to work very closely with the content uh, content team when they are putting it together as a product manager or as a product marketer you can convey what the product does but how effectively or what is the content strategy that would be in the hands of the content team because they know better they know how uh, the market is going to read the content whether the content needs to be with whether the content needs to be gated 
that is one of the questions that typically everyone's got whether i need to gate my content or not so the the content strategies around this whether why do you want to call, you know uh, gate a specific uh, content that you are building that might be because you know that once people uh, you know subscribe for your newsletter or they give the credentials to download a specific blog which means they are uh, people who are actually interested in your product or service so all these strategies are something with the content team would do so how the content needs to be put out is something which i would give completely to the content content team but what content needs to go out will be with the product team that be the product manager or the product marketer so that's how i look at it Uh, I think this line of demarcation makes it pretty clear on how product and the content team has to approach content. So yeah, I think that is enlightening for me to say the least. So this after this we'll move into pre-sales, uh, Kishore. So you've spoken a little about the role of content from a product manager's point of view, and now I'm more curious to know what is the role of content and especially uh, the role of storytelling when it comes to pre-sales because this was something you recently spoke about as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even before this on Kapapres, we had Vanshika who spoke about brand storytelling. But I'm right. just curious to know how storytelling works from a pre-sales perspective. Again, uh, see, as so there is something which I which I say most of the folks, even if you are a product manager or a pre-sales person, the only thing that you give to the customer or you talk to the customer is about the value. In terms of a product manager, it's about what value you are giving to the customer. in terms of a pre sales person what value your solution is going to give the customer right so that is the common denominator in both these both the places but when it comes to uh, specifically in terms of storytelling right so mm-hmm. when when you are building content typically in the in the in the space of pre sales people uh, what typically happens is when we build content it it ends up being very technical because your solution are typically technical solutions that you uh, put together but what would happen is when you go to a customer meeting or when you brief a customer on a solution if you talk about technology the customer would not be able to take a decision based on that because what happens is when you go to a customer meeting not all of them are going to be technical folks i've seen in most of my presentations at least uh, only the, the technical folks happen to be only 10 to 20% so in a room of 10 people only one or two people at max are technical folks remaining happen to be folks who actually are stakeholders from a business standpoint and you go ahead and you go ahead and talk to them about uh, technology that you are using about the databases that you are using the database throughput and all throughput and all that is not going to really fly because they will not able be able to make uh, anything out of it. for them what matters is when a customer comes to me how quickly can i no solve this problem that would be one of the questions that they might have so what i typically do and i uh, also recommend people to do is to look at a use case right for instance your solution is about customer onboarding right you have uh, you are a banking company right and you have uh, trouble when you are onboarding customers from omni channel so typically omni channels are uh, multiple channels through which you can the customer can access the bank it can be mobile it can be web it can be social media it can be brands it can be kiosk so there are multiple channels but what happens is uh, in in customer onboarding the problem is the experience is vary across these channels 
So sometimes you go visit to a visit a branch, it's actually easier for you to get onboarded as a customer. But when you are trying to do it online, there will be some hundreds of problems that would creep up, right? Because your technology or your infrastructure is not really made for. It. So that's when uh, when when a, when a banking customer asks for a solution for uh, for onboarding their customers. So when I uh, when I give them a solution for these, it will be a story that I'll talk to them about. So for instance, my story would be how uh, my product or my solution can help someone who's sitting remotely in Timbuktu with a, a 2G or a 3G connection. How is he able to uh, access the uh, bank's portal or bank's app and still able to you know uh, put in the required data? Uh, upload the required documents that are required for the onboarding without any problem. Uh, for instance, he is using uh, a laptop, right? And he is able to do the uh, he's he's uploading the the information that is asked by the bank for onboarding, and he loses power or he loses the connection. So what typically happens is if you don't have a proper omni-channel solution, the data uploaded till then will not get saved. The customer has to do it again. So, which is a pain to the customer, and customer will like, hey, I'll rather go to some other bank because I have to do it again. So, in that circumstances, what would happen is if you have an omni-channel solution, you've been able to do it uh, partially, and you'll get a code from that. You you take that code, and you uh, you know you have a mobile app. You can you can actually start from that uh, thing again. So, you would have probably uploaded your KYC information. For instance, you would have uploaded your Aadhaar card and your photograph, but then you need your signature to be uploaded. So what you would do is you would switch to the phone, take a photograph of the signature, and then continue uploading. So this is your omni-channel solution. And when I talk to the customer, this is how I'll weave a story around it. Because these are typical day-to-day -day problems that people face. I mean, you might have a internet downtime, you might have a power downtime. You never know. Right? So. So that is when, when you when you talk to them, when you talk to your customers, you will have to weave this entire story to them, and uh, then you get into the demo, right? And that's when the customer will be able to relate to it when you show him the demo, him or her the demo, saying, "Hey, you know what? This was a use case that we saw, and this is how the system is going to behave." And they'll be immediately able to understand, "Hey, you know what? You have actually been able to cut down the onboarding, customer onboarding, by almost thirty percent." Because the customer hasn't doesn't have to go back again and do it all over again, right? So, so that is where in pre-sales, telling a story, putting the content in line with the story becomes very important. So you need to really understand who's your who's your hero in this. In some cases, your hero might be the solution, or in some cases, your hero might be the end customer who's who's going through uh, the the entire thing. In my case. The person who's actually uh, uh, doing that, uh, who's, who's actually uploading all his data to getting to get onboarded, is the hero. Mm -hmm. Technical solution, uh, your hero might be the solution itself. It depends. It depends on the circumstance. But if it's an end business or an end user problem, it is the end user itself who's the hero. So you need to decide who's the hero. You need to decide how how are you planning to tell the story around it. What use case are you trying to solve for the customer? So these are those things that you really need to keep in mind when you go for pre-sales presentations when you are actually demoing your product to the customer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Understood. So the next question that's going to come up, I think, is going to be quite interesting because I would want to ask you what is one idea about product management or about pre-sales that you very strongly disagree with, and why? 
okay um i can tell you about pre sales so this has been one experience that i've been going through over the last 15 years and rather last 10 years in pre sales is that um people think that uh, in in pre sales you are a master on uh, of uh, building presentations and master of writing content i i actually beg to disagree he there is a lot of work that needs that actually goes in before we start putting the presentation people don't look at that so the typical effort that we put in before we start putting the presentation is we do a lot of conversations we talk to the customer we listen to the customer we try understanding what their problems are we then do a lot of primary and secondary research in terms of what the customer uh, problem might have been which we might not have understood right look at the industry the customer is in understand what are the generic problems in the industry same is the case uh, if it's the same case with their competition so we do a lot of research before that and in case we have already worked with the customer we also try to look uh, you know internally talk to our own folks to understand hey you would have worked with this customer what do you think would have been the problem right so that would be the question that i might ask so there is a lot of data gathering exercise that we do right and then we then discuss try putting together uh, what could be the elements of the problem statement and then key the problem statement together only when you do that is when i would even start thinking about how do i put it together whether i put it as a white paper or whether i put it together as a presentation or as a word document but typically what happens is the moment uh, the the, the moment uh, you know we go to a presentation everyone looks at the presentation and says hey you made a fantastic presentation but i tell them dude it's not about the presentation you are you are mm-hmm. missing the picture entirely there is a lot of effort that goes in a lot of analytical work that goes in in some cases we also do some amount of basic data analytics to understand whether whatever the customer has told us is not the symptom but the actual problem mm-hmm. so this is from a pre-sales perspective so from a from a from a product perspective i'm so uh one thing which which i have been hearing and which i have been telling people is uh, to be a product manager you don't have to be you, you don't have to have an mba mm-hmm. this is a wrong notion right. people think that if you are an mba you need to have an mba to be a product manager you just need to be a problem solver who understands technology who also understands the business domain a bit so if you have both right you are all all these three elements are there you can be a product manager and it's just plain english i mean you you write feature list in english you you talk to uh, people you just convey what the product needs to do what features it needs to have and you need to uh, you know coordinate with a lot of people with the engineering team with the marketing team uh, with the content team so there are a lot of these things that you need to do for that you don't need to have a fancy mba degree for that anyone with basic common sense can do that so this is something which i don't know a lot of people have been talking to i've been telling them hey don't don't worry if you do if you, that if you don't have an mba you can't be a product manager it's not the case you can be a product manager you just need to use some common sense that's it that's what i tell them attention all uh, product manager aspirants i think you definitely have to take note of this you don't need a fancy mba you definitely need common sense bro so yeah. common sense is 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 the uh, big ticket item there i mean you really mm. need to have common sense right 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 thanks a lot sir
So we are moving towards the end of this episode, Kishore. So I also know that you've been mentoring people for quite a while now. Yeah. So how yeah. can anybody reach you if they have to be mentored by you? My uh, DM is open. I already mm-hmm. called it out in my headline. So I have an open DM. I've also published my phone number and my email on my LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is the best way of reaching reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you uh, have expressed your desire to talk to me, do let me know. We can then mutually agree upon the um, you know the schedule and then connect. I think that is the easiest way of reaching out to me. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been so a very I... very very interesting. Ah, yeah. I think I just preempted it, and uh, I've had a very interesting experience because mm-hmm. it's not just about I telling them what I know. It's also understanding a, a lot about people, a lot about their problems that they are facing, a lot about uh, in terms of see, a lot of people are looking for a career change, not mm-hmm. because um, they they look at a fancy title, say, hey, product manager. Right? It's it's not because of that. It's also because of A, a desire to progress in the career, and a lot of people get lost saying, "Say I don't know what to do next." A lot of my pre-sales specific uh, queries have been that. Say I don't know what to do next. I've been being I've been a pre-sales consultant for almost five years. I don't know what next. So I tell them, "Hey, there is a lot of things that you that you can do in the leadership roles as a pre-sales person." So I tell them, "You need to do this. You need to do that." or if they are looking for a change to get into product management i tell them where they can start right so what they need to do bare minimum to get started and what are those uh, first steps that they need to take so these are certain things i've been doing and and it's been really useful for me also to understand what uh, different people are looking for and it's not a you know straight line when you look at a career people have their had their ups and downs and people really are looking to make most of uh, their career at this point in time and see when i was growing up when when i tried my hand in pre-sales i didn't really have anyone to hand hold me literally i just had my boss who gave me fantastic word of advices as and when it was required but apart from that i didn't have anyone that i would actually lean on to or talk to saying hey you know what i'm here i don't know what to do next so that is something uh, which i'm trying to do Let me see how successful I am. Uh, I've been till till this day. Wonderful, wonderful. This is a brilliant initiative, Kishore, uh, and I hope you keep going at it. So this brings us to the end of this episode, Kishore. I hope you enjoyed being on our show. Oh, it was I fun. It was fun. It was fun. So, thank you so much again, Kishore, for being here, and hopefully I'll see you again on our show. Sure, Akshay. Take care, Kishore. Bye.